0: Hey everybody, and welcome to The Furnace Podcast. You are about to listen to a recording from our Behold Conference hosted here in Tauranga, New Zealand, with the heart to call the body of Christ to give Jesus our undivided attention so that we can understand what is His heart for the time of history that we're in. We hope that you enjoy Pray for you before you jump in, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, and again, we just center on you this whole conference. This word, behold, we just want to behold you even this next 45 minutes or so. God, would you just come and meet us again? We love you, Jesus, Amen. Amen. Yes, you love Jesus. Okay, we'll go one more time. You love Jesus. Uh, it's been an amazing time for me to be here, um, so as a, Dwayne Roberts, and so in my 20s, basically, I did 10 years of Youthwood mission, uh, Amsterdam for six years, and then we went to Budapest, Hungary, and helped pioneer YWAM Budapest, my wife and I. And um, so I, I, I know the mission quite well, and um, it's been so refreshing to be here um, the, this week, so before the conference, um, I was here the, the, the full week and um, just teaching the students and, uh, and hearing some of the stories. And so I'm just saying as a visitor who's walked into what the Lord seems to be doing with YWAM Furnace, um, the phrase that actually has come to me is YWAM 2.0. Um, and that's just, between, that's just my, my phrase, so don't, don't repeat that. and don't, But it, there's, God's doing something here. And that story, they might, I think, going to share it sometime even this weekend of the Lord supernaturally giving them a ship. And that is very much the storyline of how even the early beginnings of YWAM. And this is not something that the leadership of YWAM Affirman sought. And I tell you that Joy Dawson's word of intercession, it what now is coming out in the prayer furnace, it is the same message. It's just with now a different slant of prayer. And so I, I actually have great hope and faith for y- Wham Furnace and what they're doing um, and the schools they're offering. And I can say as a testimony, my son actually came and uh, did his DTS and he's actually just, um, they're just about, he's just about finished the internship here. And so um, it's been amazing for him. And so I'm just very, very grateful. And so let's get into the word We've gathered around this theme of beholding. And I, um, (coughs) man, I've been to so many conferences. Oh, I've done conference after conference after conference. Um, I love conferences. I believe there's actually a a biblical principle for conferences. (laughs) I think there's times when the corporate body, the corporate tribe even, there's just different... It should come together. And I believe in those gathering moments, the word of the Lord often comes forth or a message comes forth to a people. So I actually like conferences. Um, so this idea that we gather these two days, three days, and you and myself, we have this fresh stirring. We, we, find, we hear more truth, we apply more truth. In a worship time, the Spirit touches us. Those are powerful moments. I've had them, and they've been significant in my life. So I'm, I'm wanting to say now, there's another part of beholding, and it's, it's, it's different than coming together, and it's just a practical walking out of beholding God in my life on a daily basis. And so I've been changed at conferences. I've heard the word of the Lord. Seeds have been planted. It's been powerful. But there's also this call to daily walk out beholding of the Lord. And so um, I can't run. I'm not very fast. I have bone on bone in this knee. So somebody says, hey, run. I'm like, good luck. So, but... If I was to ever dream of myself being a runner, it would not be a, it would be boom, I would be a sprinter. Running for 10 miles, 26 miles, that's just ridiculous. (laughs) Like, why? Like, so that's my nature. I want to get there and I want to get done. And that's how we mostly view life. The sprint. You know, and I love Isaiah. Useful zeal. Man, if you've got it, use it. It's gonna run out though. So that that sprint is mostly what we're accustomed to. We love, dude, the food took 17 minutes. It should have been here in 10. What are you doing? That's that's our that's our, our worldview. The microwave changed everything a couple decades ago, four or five de- four decades ago. So we want everything now and you cannot have that approach to growing before the Lord. It doesn't work, it doesn't work. And so this this phrase, the marathon, it's committing to all my life. Jesus, he gave me eternal life. So give me grace all my life that I would love you. That practical marathon beholding. When nobody's looking, let my roots go deep. Let me have a private life where I behold God, where I love my God in private. So I used to pray this public, privately and then I began to say it publicly and then I was said something really stupid. I prayed my prayer publicly. <clears throat> I said, Father, if there's anything that gets in my way of loving your son, take it away from me. I give you permission to humble me publicly bad thing about prayer (laughs) so I'm telling you in the marathon you're going to be hit you're going to have painful experiences you're going to be lied about but if you have said in your heart I'm going to die in love with Jesus you have to understand somebody wants to kill you called Satan it's real and there's powerful truths, tools, to help you live your life where you will end in love with the Son of God. So here's my definition of failure. That I will die with hardness in my heart for Jesus. If I stand before Jesus and say I loved my genes, I loved my possessions, I loved earthly pleasures more than you. That will be a disappointing day. What would it look like for you to say, all my life. I hit the ditch a couple times. There were some dark days, but all my life. After a six-year period, I woke up and I reached, and your grace was there, your forgiveness was there. But I want you to have a vision of a marathon journey of beholding God. John chapter 14 is a powerful chapter. And this is a secret for a marathon pace. This is a secret to entering in to a beholding where God comes to you in your private life. It's super simple and it's so simple that we actually don't pay attention to it some of the time three times in this conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I think that this is a foundational, like I'm talking foundational stone to how we are to walk out our faith. Jesus, when asked, out of all the teachings of the scripture, out of all the teachings of the Moses and the prophets, tell me what is the greatest commandment? Jesus just didn't pull that up out of his head. He pulled actually from a, a storyline through the Old Testament prophets, through the through the teachings in the law of Moses, and he said, Here's what God's wanting is that with all of who you are, all your capacities, energies, mental, in, uh, mental strength, is that you would love him. And he goes, this is what God is asking and required. And the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor. And he goes, this is what God is looking for. And I'm telling you, that message has not changed. He is looking for a sincere love that will be the guiding force, the guiding anchor, the guiding rudder of your life. And I'm telling you, there will be seasons where it seems like you've lost your love. Everything is dry around you. It seems like his presence has even left you. And you feel like, I am in the middle of the desert and there's not one ounce of water. But I'm telling you, in that season, your love is as real as the most powerful encounter you've ever had with Jesus. Because feeling, emotions, those are all part of our interaction with God, but they don't define what is actually real. It is a choice, I will love him. Why? Because the truth is I have been loved by him through the cross. I've been loved by him through his nature and his mercy towards me. And so the first commandment is a priority in practically beholding to the point where there's a little bit of sometimes violence, where I actually get rid of things that are distracting and taking up my capacity to love. Sometimes we have to actually remove the distraction, be it people, be it possessions, be it a position, I am being consumed, I have another love in my life. And I need to actually remove it. And then the beautiful thing that flows out of actually a heart devoted in love is a vision to be holy. Peter calls us clearly to holiness. I love this phrase. He quotes it from the, from the Old Testament. Be holy for he is holy. And this is not a religious list of do's and don'ts. It is the farthest thing from that. It is the reality that from my heart, this is an inward decision. I love God, so I will love his ways. Three times he says, if you you love me, keep my commandments. Those that keep my commandments, it is those ones that love me. And then, here we go. Let's look at John 14, verse 20. One, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, okay? And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So you know what that means? Jesus, when nobody's looking, I'm telling you, I love you. I'm asking for your grace, for instruction, that your teaching would be the path that I live and walk out. So I humble myself. I forgive. I fight against covetousness. I fight against lust. I turn my back on sin because it is in this place where God doesn't love me more, but my capacity to experience him expands. This is now where we're going to get into a little beholding. If you love me, my Father will love you, I will love you, and I will manifest myself to you. And I'm talking now... You're three years into the journey. Your knees are a little wobbly and you feel lonely. But I'm telling you, you stay steady with a love for him. The Father's voice will become loud in your ear. I'm telling you, I'm 54 years old. Two years ago, two and a half, three years ago, I feel like at a whole nother level, God the Father was revealed to me. I was 51 years old in my room with my wife. We were praying And the power of God comes just in a very, uh, I'd never experienced personally something at this level. And God, the Father, came to me that day. I'm weeping. I have a Father and His name is God. You know what that was? It's this verse. The Father came near. Changed the foundation of my life, literally. Changed the foundation of my life. And the thing I love about this verse is this is John the Apostle. This was written before Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. But he walked out this message of loving Jesus in, a, in the place of holiness. And, what is, and the promise is, you do this, the Father will love you, I will love you, and what? I will manifest myself to you. Josh is going to speak on that tonight. Revelation chapter 1. Why did it happen to him? I believe because he was a man committed to loving Jesus. And out of that love, he committed himself to purity and holiness. It is your commandments that is the vision of my life. And that is the target. That's the bullseye on the life of a believer where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are a magnet towards And the truths of the Scripture open up and manifest, reveal. And it is the God of the Bible that you now begin to see more clearly and you begin to behold and worship and love. I will manifest myself to you. Another component. So I'm just going to give you a boom, boom, boom. First commandment. A vision to be pure and holy. Third point, faith. I referenced this a little bit last night. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I did a little just study just trying to get my head around the beginnings of creation. It's fascinating. It's just super interesting. Super interesting. Man's attempt at rebellion. And you have Enoch, this kind of mysterious individual in some ways, because he walked with God, and then he was taken. What a what? Like, does he have a body right now in heaven? Like, is this like, what? But what even Josh and I were actually talking about this week Adam was alive when Enoch was born. Enoch talked to Adam, and Adam told him about God and walking with God. And you have rebellion growing in the earth. You have it growing, and there's this one man named Enoch who steps outside of current culture and rebellion to God. With faith, he hears the stories of of Adam, and he steps outside of culture and rebellion, and he goes a different direction. And he did it, I think, because of faith. He heard the stories. And he goes, if what happened to Adam walking with God in the garden, I'm going to walk with God. Lamech comes from um, Enoch. Enoch, excuse me, Lamech and then Noah. Noah had the same testimony. There's this place of faith. With what I hear, with what I read, I believe it and I'm stirred by the Spirit and I'm reaching for it. And if you diligently walk this out, you will find truth. And so that place of faith being stirred, I believe in the God that I don't see. I believe in the truths of who he is. And I think Enoch walked out that story, and in it, God came and walked with him. I, I, I don't even quite get my head around that. It, 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 there's so many questions I have, but in that The testimony is God rewards you when you walk with faith in a diligent manner, if you consistently walk in that marathon pace with faith. And I tell you, man, doubt is powerful. Doubt can take somebody out. And doubt often finds itself getting a louder voice in the place of pain, relational hurt, Doubt can come in and you can get picked off and you can kind of just get out there on your own and doubt is powerful. But I, and, and, and it's okay even today if you're sitting here going, this guy's not, he's a little wacky. I don't believe everything he's saying. That's okay. It's not up between, has nothing to do with me. But I'm telling you is that there's this place where faith in what you read. Don't even put your faith in man. Like men disappoint me, all the time. But my faith is solidified in the foundation of the truth of who God is. And when we have faith and we walk it out in a diligent manner, and then, to me, you feed your faith. And that, for me, sets us up for the next three. You feed your faith. And the next one would be Prayer. Prayer is this interesting topic. I'm going to actually do. Um, we're to, I'll talk way more about prayer this afternoon, but I just want to. I just want to hit this one point. Is we we especially in our early discipleship depends depends on your environment, but you're you're told that prayer and reading the Bible are really important, and it's the way to feed yourself. True, true, and true, but. I really think that we need to bring people in to interacting in prayer with not a motivation, it's, excuse me, with the correct motivation. It's a vehicle, and that's it. Prayer is a vehicle. And what prayer does is it gets you before the Almighty, and it positions you to interact and to receive from the divine. And it's a motiv- and so the motivation is, I want to behold him. The motivation is, I want to study him. The motivation is, I want to see him. I want to be rewarded by him. I want him to talk to me. It has nothing to do about being a good believer. It, it, it has to do with, this is what gets me before him. And so I dial up. Yes, I want to behold him. So I approach a time of prayer with, yes, I love him. And so between you, me, and the wall, I have a really hard time paying attention. There's people that would probably want to say, Dwayne's got some issues. He needs to go see a doctor. So I'm like, so I've worked around it. I have an entire playlist of music that distracts me in a weird way. And I put music on. And if I'm tired, I, I walk. In my, in my little office, I have a little office, I just walk. And I start out with, I don't feel you, I love you. And I just begin often that way. Just, and the motivation is, I want more. I love you. And there's times more than not that I start with don't feeling a thing. I don't feel a thing. But I've done the math. These people, they're lost. These people, they're messed up. These people... They've been a consistent in the pursuit of God, and I want to be like that. And you just feed your love for him. You feed. Man, if, if, if the word is challenging, prayers challenging, immerse yourself in teaching that um, awakens your hunger. Feed your hunger. Feed your desire. Feed it. Get teaching you like, get worship you like that feeds it. And then when you f- and then fuel your life that is private before God. Grow in private. I'm gonna talk about, I also need friendships, but it's this place I wanna feed my hunger. And I'm telling you, I, I told the students this story, because there's a reward in Matthew chapter six. You have a private life with the Father, the reward is, it will be an open reward on your life. There'll be an open reward on your life. You, that's more or less is, God's going to be talking, and there'll be divine activity around your life. So, I was talking with a worship leader in Brazil. This worship leader has over 300, excuse me, over 750,000 followers on Instagram. So, and she's amazing. Like She loves the Lord, incredible. So we're having a conversation. And I tell her, <clears throat> um, I tell her a story in, about my life, and just how God kind of dramatically, kind of powerfully spoke. And she says to me, "Of course that would happen to you." And it was like, what an odd statement. I, I was, to be honest, with you, I was a little bit offended. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you just said to me. And then I, I went away, and I was thinking about it. And this is, it, it actually, you know what? I've been developing and pursuing a life before the Father, interacting with Jesus. And, it, and oh, he's actually moving on my life. Wow, this works. <laughs> like, really, like I was, I had this moment like, my goodness, this actually works. This is what's happening. And she just said it to me in a peculiar way. But oh, this this works. And that's why I'm saying that, that that vision to fuel something, it has great reward. But it's it's a journey, it's a marathon pace, it's a path less traveled. It's maybe lonely, it's maybe breaking up some fallow ground. It's maybe disrupting some things in my life. It's maybe reprioritizing my life around other things. But I'm telling you, there's reward in it. Here's another one that's super fun. You're gonna wanna do it all the time. Matthew Matthew 6, 16, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. With a sad countenance, they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. They walk in the room, stumble. Oh, what's wrong? I'm just fasting. (laughs) Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Take a shower. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who's in the secret place, And your father who's in the secret place will reward you openly. It's right now within the church culture, we have a, um, when you're in a crisis, when you need to hear the Lord, that's when we fast. But what's interesting is Jesus is preaching to a culture that fasted one or two days a week already. So he's 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 in that moment, and he's challenging the religious motivation of their fasting. But what I believe we as the body of Christ today need to look at is a a is is this is to me is one of the best kept secrets that we've not fully yet tapped into. And so fasting, it's one of the it's a crazy, it, it's it's just weird. Because we have secular individuals, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, who fast. So I believe that there is a physical place of touching weakness. And it's in denying certain things and touching weakness that your spirit actually becomes more tender. And so, it's 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 challenging cuz we've got sometimes we've got people with eating disorders we've got some waters that we need to pastor people through but jesus when he's walking with his disciples john's disciples come up and say hey we've noticed something your disciples don't fast this is matthew chapter 9 and jesus says well i'm with them and he says but the time will come where i will leave and then they will fast. And I, I, I love that because it's a, a powerful secret that a life of fasting, it's not fueled to earn any type of righteousness. It's actually fueled by my desire to behold and to love him. And I'm stepping into voluntary weakness so that it's what it to me is, it's enlarging the bullseye on your life for the activity of the divine. Fasting, you don't earn more love, you don't get more love, it's you're positioning yourself to receive from him. And it's that place of voluntarily, I'm going to do it voluntary, I'm going to choose this. And so fasting once a week, where you choose to humble yourself, to me that's like breaking up the fallow ground. It's like I'm going to go there and I'm going to disrupt the patterns of my life so that there would be a lifestyle of pursuing and beholding him. Okay, let's have worship come up. Um, Two more, real quick. Fasting, the word of God. Again, it's to me, it is a, we need to pray and read the word. And if we approach the word with the wrong vision, we'll get the wrong outcome. If we approach the vision for study of theology to intellectually converse, I don't think you're tapping into the true power of John 1.1. Jesus is the word. It is living and it has life for everlasting within it when it touches us. And so with a little prayer, with some fasting, you approach the word and the word becomes something that feeds you. It's something that stirs you with your faith. I love to read my Bible. And that's an insane comment for me. Like, that was, I, you can tell if I had a hard time paying attention, you know I don't like to read. It's been, you know, I'm not a great, I hated the classroom. Barely passed high school. Like, that's my story. But I tell you, the Word of God, I love it today. And I'm telling you, that's a a powerful thing for me to say. I love my Bible. I love when my Bible talks. And there's something, when you take a little prayer, fasting, the word of God, it becomes alive. And you begin to feed yourself. I love YWAM Furnace. I walked in, when did I get here? Monday, no. I don't know when I got here. Oh, I walked in, the first thing on Monday, I walked in, and there was two or three of the schools were given testimony. And th- th- all three of them talked about the power of the word. And I'm like, oh, I love this community already. And it's, it's a thing that feeds and changes and transforms. I'm telling you, it is not a burden if you position yourself in love, the word of God becomes your delight. Last thing, community. Acts 2:42. The foundational stones of the early church was the apostles' teaching and fellowship. But fellowship around people who desire what you desire. We're not getting together to watch the All Blacks lose. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> I heard the score today. That's painful. We're not, get, we're not having a barbecue to talk about the weather. I love the weather and I love barbecue. But when we get together and I hear your reach, I'm provoked. When I hear how the Bible opened up to you on the book of 1 John and you talk, I'm stirred provoking one another, encouraging one another. I love Bonhoeffer's, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's comment. He says, if you make community your goal, you've already failed. But if you gather community around Jesus and around the scriptures, you will have incredible community. So we gather, yes. Hebrews tells us, don't forsake gathering but the gathering is around a corporate buy-in we're going somewhere we're hungry and we're going to practically marathon pace walk out a deep love for our god a beholding him and i tell you you mix all of this together you mix it all together and something happens called the prophetic spirit Another way of saying that, the testimony of Jesus begins to be amongst the people. I love this idea that that which is around the throne, revealing what we talked about last night, to me, that's that's the prophetic spirit. It's the Holy Spirit revealing. And when you do this, I'm telling you, dreams are going to start happening in the night. Words of knowledge are going to start to flow as you work some of the Holy Spirit gift muscles. The presence of God will become in your midst. It's dialed up hunger. And I'm telling you, there might be six months where it's, man, it's so dry. It's dry, dry, dry. But we just stay steady. We encourage each other. We speak life and faith. We stay steady. I'm telling you, you're going to hit pockets of glory pockets of truth where the word opens up a lifestyle of going after the knowledge of the holy let's just stand we're just going to go into worship and we're just going to I just want you to ask now and I'm just going to pray we'll do some worship and then I'm going to quickly pray for us